Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right, but you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good evening everybody and welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Right here live. From New York, baby, broadcasting on the Go Hockey Media Networks. Go truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, your friend of mine, Mr. Kevin DeLore, KD. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. When you could beat the Devils and the Islanders in the same week, life is good, my friend. Life is good. Life is good indeed, brother. How are you, man? The boys did us well. They did us proud Monday night. Love it, uh, you know, beating the Devils too, but you got to love beating the Icelanders, man. Uh, you know, we all go into that game not knowing what the hell is going to happen, and they, uh, what is it, six, 19 seconds into the game, oh, man, the Isles pop one in, and it's not looking good, but, man, the boys stood proud at home, did us right, and come away with the 6-2 win, buddy. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think what really stood out to me was, was the performance by uh, our, our guy Georgie Boy. You know, he's in the midst of this uh, three-goalie disaster, as I'll get into later. You know, the guy doesn't play in, like, a month, so whatever, however long it's been since he had played, he lets in a goal in the first, like, 10 seconds. And uh, for him to, to come back from that, he really showed no sign of rust throughout the entire game. And, uh, you know, for me, you know, I was real impressed with that showing because he, he seemed to have been struggling recently in his recent games. You know, uh, before his extended break, um, you know, he really wasn't playing as well as he was earlier in the year. So so for him to come back with that was uh, was great to see. And then, uh, you know, our boy Panarin. I mean, what what can this guy what can this guy not do? Um, He now has, I think, 16 points in like the last four games or something ridiculous like that. So, uh, you know. It, it was a, a great game. You know, you always love beating the Islanders. It was like a year since we played them. So, you know, it was, it was nice to get uh, get a, a win against the, uh, the fish sticks there. Oh, the fish sticks. Yes, indeed. I, uh, I was uh, lucky enough to be invited onto an Islanders radio show on Monday night before the game. Trader. Uh, in a bar packed with Islander fans. And uh, Trader. It, it, was, it was fun, but I walked out of there. It was 1-1. And hey, look! I was not not a trader. I was representing, man. <laughs> I was good. representing. And I tell you, um, when we tied it up there, I, I let out a big yeah. I was the only one on the bar, and it was great. So and then I strutted out of there, and and all I could think of is the rest of the night, the rest of the uh, the next five goals that were popped in for the rest of the evening. So uh, it was good stuff. But uh, yeah, look, Panarin's money. Uh, he's been there for us all year. Uh, very few and far between where he's not, uh, you know, a part of the score sheet or a part of any win or at least uh, even on the losing end, uh, you know, helping us out with points and stuff. So uh, no doubt about it. You got to sit there and think of, um, you know, all the, all the different intangibles going on, especially the off season when the Islanders were also trying to sign him too. And uh, he really, 
He really showed up for the Ranger fans the other night, big time for us uh, with the five-point game. So it's good stuff, man. And, and, and here we are, man, 45 games in, 22-19-4, 48 points on the season, six points now, buddy, out of the wild card, seventh in the Metro, and 22nd overall in the league. And uh, we pulled a couple points closer to those Icelanders, and we go back at them tomorrow night, and I'm sure it'll be a... Uh, a different game. What's your take on the start of the game the other night there, KD, in terms of uh, guys punching other guys' helmets? <laughs> yeah, you know, I I criticized Lemieux a couple of times this year for um, fighting while the Rangers are up, and it and it seemed to sort of um, go w- badly for the Rangers there. It sort of went in his face. So you really shouldn't be fighting when you're up. And I think that's what happened to the Islanders. They, they have the early goal feeling good about themselves and uh you know they get into a fight with Haley and it and it backfires um you know and and kudos to Haley I mean he really hasn't played a lot but you know he got in there stirred things up and uh you know it it sort of seemed to to wake the Rangers up obviously you had the secondary fight there um with Smith and Martin and uh that weird rule where they both got kicked out because the the ref didn't drop the puck which is I'd never seen that before. Have you ever seen that before? I, I didn't even know what the heck was going on. Yeah, I got to be honest. It's the first time I heard. I know I've heard of that, but it's been a long time since it's it's really happened. Obviously, in a in a game that I've watched. So yeah, it was kind of weird to to kind of see how everything was dished, uh, dished out there after the uh, yeah. fights. I mean, it, trust me, it was good to see the fighting. It was like the old old days in like the uh, you know eighties and nineties when when you saw that a lot. You don't really get the the fights as much these days. So sort of brought you back a little bit, a little nostalgia there. But uh, I really think the the Islanders were foolish there, um, you know, to to get into a fight because again it it backfired on them. Like I had mentioned, it, it's backfired on the Mule a couple of times this year, and uh, you know it's sort of baffling. You never want to give any team momentum, you know, in in that spot. You know, rivalry game, the Rangers come out, let in an early goal, and you're like, uh oh. And uh, you know, it sort of seemed, and I think some of the players have mentioned it after the game that it sort of woke them up a little bit, and and uh, and there you go. Well, you know, maybe a little credit there. I mean, this, you know, you, the goaltending, everything else. I mean, we kind of step back here and, and kind of watch the the last couple of games here. Obviously, a tough night in St. Louis. Um, you know, the guys, you know, fall flat on their feet again. Another frustrating game. Non-disciplined. Uh, you know, bad penalties. Uh, just a mess of a game as far as, you know, playing a, an experienced top team in the league. And then they come back against the Island this year. Obviously, the, um, you know, the rivalry and everything else. But I, I got to give credit to Quinn. I mean, I didn't, I didn't read up on it too much or whatever, but I'm thinking maybe that's part of the game plan, and maybe that's what threw the Islanders off the other night. I mean, they've been a very consistent team all year. Obviously, top five in the league there. Uh, they can pretty much beat anybody. So to beat those guys and to throw them something a little different, I mean, taking Martin off the ice for them for the game is a much bigger impact than us losing to Howden there. You know what I'm saying? So it's it, that was that was pretty good. Whether, you know, that was Quinn just uh, maybe sending those guys out there to kind of shake it out and say, hey, let's let's get this over with and let's see what we can kind of, you know, uh, ruffle up here and, and, and kind of see if we can throw the Islanders back on the heels after them, you know, Eberle getting that opening goal and see what happens. And, and no doubt about it, man, after that, the Islanders were a different team and the Rangers were a different team. And then all the stuff, all the positive stuff that we talk about with this team, especially when they win, starts to flourish. And it starts in the net. Georgiev has a really good, solid game against them. The defense obviously plays very well. Um, you know, only giving up one goal in the game 
which is excellent. And then we put up six, you know, six goals here, and it's spread out. Obviously, Panarin has a fantastic game, but um, you know, offensively in, in, in terms of defensive, we got Heedle. Um, I'm sorry, that was the, uh, the other game. But I'm saying, um, you know, Fast gets on the score sheet. Kreider, Fox, Panarin, uh, and Truba. And it's all good stuff, man. So it's like, there you go. You, you, you watch that game. We're all proud as Ranger fans because they beat the Islanders. But I think also just a complete game from them, KD. And, and now we have to sit back and see what happens tomorrow night. Which team comes out tomorrow night? Yeah, I think what's been really encouraging about this team recently, and they've now won three of the last four games, and it seems as though over the last you know month or so, it hasn't been perfect, but it seems as though the defense has sort of been solidifying a, a little bit, dare I say, um, because it's really been the source of uh, you know consternation for for Ranger fans this year. That the defense has, has had a tough time, and you know again, and and I, I mention this every once in a while, you know that we really don't get into sort of the fancy stats around here. But if you look at the underlying metrics of the Rangers' defense over the last month, actually, they've, they've been pretty decent. I mean, they've been horrific for the first half of the season. And actually, they've been uh, mediocre. So, you know, it's, it's actually sort of getting better now. And you really saw in the Islanders game, and, and uh, I'll give a shout-out to uh, Dave Shapiro over at the, uh, the Blue, Blue Seat Blogs. And, um, you know, he does a good job looking at the, the team systems and stuff, and he was pointing out how the Rangers, especially in the Islander game, really seem to be forechecking more. And I know we've we've discussed that a lot on, on on the podcast. But he said it seemed as though they were doing something a little bit different, you know, where they were sending the guys a little bit deeper on the forecheck, the forwards, which then brought the the defenders up a little bit more because the defenders, as we, again as we've mentioned a lot, sort of back off the blue line. It seemed that they were stepping up more, and it was forcing the Islanders into a lot more turnovers. Um, than than really the Rangers defense have been doing all year. So and and so they, they've been sort of showing signs of that over the last couple of weeks. So and it really seemed to come to a head in this Islanders game where the defense was much more aggressive than we see, a lot less passive, which I've been complaining about all year. I mean we've all been complaining about it, but um, so to me, you know, seeing the defense sort of come on a little bit here, you know, gets me excited. You know, I've been saying all year, be patient, be patient. It's coming. Don't worry. Quinn knows what he's doing as everybody's been yelling at me, you know, that I'm, uh, you know, just you know, like I always say, carrying water for the Rangers and um, and I'm on the payroll. But, you know, it takes time. Rebuilds take time. I say it every week. So, you know, you've seen the defense get a little bit better, you improve a little bit of an improvement. It's still a young defense on there. You got Fox and you got D'Angelo and you got Lindgren. It takes time to, to figure this stuff out. So, you know, maybe it's starting to click, and, and, and that's what has me excited. Wait, where's my shout-out? Everything you, you just said, out? I said on three episodes ago, I said you got to hang <laughs> I love this defensive core. I said you got to hang in there with them. I, said, I don't def- remember def- that Oh, you are awful. <laughs> you are an awful co-host. I don't, think, I don't know. You <laughs> must edit that in there or something. I, I said I love this core. <laughs> Defense has learned they're going to figure it out, and they have. And I said the offense is always interchangeable. Now, here's the two things. So they've improved defensively, obviously. Now I'm going to ask you, has Quinn been rolling the same lines here in the last few games, or has he been all over the place? No, yeah, he's definitely been consistent with the lines. Consistency, yes. So you get to see an opportunity here with this team from the net out. Like this whole goaltending thing, and – 
Um, you know, it's going to sort itself out. We, you know, we got nothing to lose. You know, I was joking with the Islander fans on Monday night. I said, well, look, you know, the next three games, we have three different goaltenders to throw at you. So, <laughs> so we're pretty stacked. I mean, who do you want to see, right? But, um, you know, this is the nice thing that you can see with this team when they play a dominant game like that, um, how, how talented they are. And when they, they get this, that's the other thing we've been talking about. What kind of a system is Quinn running? Did we kind of maybe see a little bit of that last night? And we talked about, you know, a week or two ago, both of us talking about Quinn being a second-year coach, Trotz being the experienced veteran, if they were to trade places, how would they do? And, hey, look, man, bravo to Quinn, man. He outcoached one of the best coaches in the league the other night. And his team, his youngest team in the league pretty much, beat those guys up pretty good, man. And um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. Obviously, like I was tweeting out, that's great. Let's win like five or six in a row now because uh, that would really put a stamp on it. But, hey, that was some good stuff the other night. But leading up to that game, like I said, some consistency. The lines are being held intact. Obviously, we, we haven't had to deal with any injuries, which has been a big part of our season all year. We, we, we've escaped that so far. The goaltending, like I said, whether it's Georgie, whether it's Chesty, whether it's Hank, even though Hank had another tough game there in St. Louis the other night, it's still you're, you're throwing one of three phenomenal guys in the nets, and the defense, like I said, D'Angelo, Fox, um, Truba, these guys are looking good, and um, I, I'm happy with it. I think everybody should be. And this, I'm rambling on here, KD. You, you're gonna have loads of airtime right now after me. But what I'm trying to say is, is that you know we've been saying. When can they kind of get on a run here? When is that going to happen? I think that's really all this team needs now is, is to is to put up five or six wins in a row to really kind of impress the hell out of all of us. Yeah, I think that that two moves that have really sort of stabilized the the forward lines was uh, moving Howden to the wing. I think he's looked much better on the wing, um, where now you have that third line of. Uh, Heedle, Kako, and Howden, which has been, you know, to me, an exciting line. I mean, the other night they had a great game. Um, so, you know, I think that they've been that they've been clicking, um, which has been great. And then with with Anderson, sort of, you know, out of the picture now. You know, the fourth line they moved McKeg onto that that fourth line, the center position there, and they brought Fogarty up. And then on the wing, it's been Smith and. And, uh, you know, Haley obviously was in their last game. But that fourth line has actually been a lot better, too, with, with McKeg and, and Fogarty on there. So I think that the bottom six with, with the moving Howden to the wing and then bringing up Fogarty um, and moving McKeg to the – giving him basically the fourth line center position, you know, has allowed Quinn to, to be more consistent with the lines where he's feeling more comfortable and, and not moving players, you know, into the top six, out of it, onto the fourth line. Um, you know, out of the lineup and, and, and mixing it up. I think he's finally got a, a, a sort of lineup or a roster of players that he feels comfortable with leaving him there and, and letting him play. And, and yeah, it's finally paying off. I mean, we were complaining all year about these, these line changes. It was like changing every like five minutes in the games. And they, they weren't even the same in practice half the time. You know, you were seeing different lines every day in practice. So, um, you know, to see that stability now, that consistency is, uh, Definitely one of the one of the reasons that this team is sort of figuring out and, and the forwards. And again, as I mentioned before, the sort of the forecheck working, it's, you know, it's not just the defensemen, um, you know, leading to, to the turnaround uh, defensively. You know, the forwards, too, again, they're doing a better job on the forecheck in the neutral zone. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's all positive stuff right now. 
Without a doubt. So why don't we stick on the goaltending situation here real quick? You get me fired up now. Yeah, because, look, there's <laughs> there's lots of fun stuff to talk about tonight, no doubt about it, especially after that win and, and trade talk and, and all that nonsense. And, and the other thing, too, is, you know, with our guy here, Quinn, we'll get into it later, man, but, you know, there's about six or seven coaches that have been fired in the league right now. And Quinn's kind of hanging tough when, when we talk about everything we've been uh, you know, running up and down through with him uh, during the course of the season now with the 45 games. And I got to tell you, man, you know, I, Quinn's not going anywhere. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in, in a little bit. So here we are. Here we go, Katie. Um, Chesty, <laughs> Hank, Georgiev. Hank goes back in the nets there in St. Louis. Uh, they get beat up a little bit, and it's the same old adage. Everybody's crying for Hank's head. He can't do it anymore and everything else. Uh, and then I know, you know, I was watching you on Twitter there too. And, and who do you start last night against uh, the Islanders? Now, who do you come back with tomorrow? So give me, give me where you're at right now as far as the goaltending situation and, and what you think they should or shouldn't do. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm beyond frustrated with it. Um, you know, I've been pretty outspoken with being a thousand percent against the three goalie sort of rotation. Um, I don't know if it, I'm just sensitive to it because I played goalie in, in, um, in hockey growing up and, and lacrosse. Um, so I, I know what sort of those three are, are sort of going through. You know, you, you like to have some consistency as a goalie. You like to get sort of long stretches of playing time. And now what these guys are getting are long stretches of either sitting in the press box or sitting on the bench. I mean, they're, they're literally going 10 days without starts here. And, and to their credit, uh, well, to Georgiev's credit, Lundqvist struggled, like like you said, in St. Louis. Um, but, you know, Georgiev really stepped up in his game. And now you brought up Shesjorkin, right? You, for whatever the reason is, and, and you start him those two games. And now he hasn't played since last Thursday. So, And he's not playing tomorrow. So the next game after that is in, on Sunday. So now he's, he's going to be 10 games without playing. Like, that's fine. You wanted to bring him up. You give him a little taste of the NHL. But if you're not going to play him in 10 more games, send him back down. You know, and I know a lot of fans are like, well, he's up here and he's working with Allaire. And he's getting a flavor of, of the NHL. Guess what? That's going to happen in a couple of weeks anyway when they trade Georgiev or, or whatever they're going to end up doing. I, I assume Georgiev is the guy who, who's, who's going to be going. I just don't understand the strategy here. And even Quinn mentioned the other day, like, well, after we give Georgiev the start, against the Islanders on Monday, then we'll figure it out. Now you're figuring you're figuring out then? Shouldn't they have figured that out before they brought Shestorkin up? I mean, we have been seeing this come. We've been talking about this for months at this point. We were saying, well, Georgiev is losing his waiver eligibility status when he hit that 40-game that NHL mark or whatever the mark was, and uh, then they won't be able to send him down. So when they're thinking about bringing Shestorkin up, well, what are they going to do? And, and this is what they're doing. They're just leaving guys in the press box. They don't understand the positives of having Chess Jorkin sitting in the press box for 10 days. You know, and, and a lot of people are saying, well, maybe his agent is putting pressure on him, that on the Rangers organization, that he's going to go back to Russia the way Kratzoff did. Well, what he's ha- he's, he'd rather be sitting in the press box for 10 days? That's going to make him happy? Like, I, I just don't understand what, they, what they're trying sort of to accomplish here. And I, I get it. Like, they want to showcase Georgia? Great. Showcase him. Send Shorkin back down. And after you're done showcasing him, bring him back up. Like, sitting in the press box to me just doesn't make much sense. I, I think the kid needs to play. You need game action. Like, getting, uh, you know, practice through Allaire and, 
and sitting next to Lundqvist and getting some pointers from him, from him, sure, that helps, but there's nothing helps more than getting game action. I don't care if it's the AHL, the KHL, you know, or, you know, what, whatever league you want to play in. Game situations are always better than practice, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm just a fan. It's just my opinion. I don't think, <laughs> you know, that, that Quinn is now dumb and should be fired and the rebuild is being, you know, destroyed or anything along those lines. I just completely disagree with it. And maybe I'm being irrational about it, Paulie. But, you know, I think I've been pretty rational this whole year I, I think with, I got with an everything. I think I got an answer for you, buddy. Let me hear. I think I got an answer for you. Okay, okay, so this is why I think they brought Chesty up, okay? So they go to Edmonton and they get their, their, their butts kicked, right? And they have that loss, uh, you know, in Calgary, and then they lose that close one in Vancouver. So they're, they're bleeding from the eyes, three-game loss on, on the Western Canadian trip, and they're coming home, and they got a couple of days off, and Colorado, Colorado's coming in the mix. I did mention this, that one of the reasons I thought they brought Chesty up before, was for no other reason was to kind of shake things up amongst the team and maybe primarily amongst the two starting goaltenders, which is Hank and Georgiev, okay? Because Georgiev had struggled. We talked about the emotions, and he had just a horrible game there in Edmonton and everything else. He was showing kinks in the armor. Hank has been, you know, back and forth. You know, we can sit here and talk about whether or not the team just plays better in front of the other guys and doesn't play better in front of Hank, Hank's age, everything else. Um, I had predicted they were going to get their butts kicked by Colorado, and I think if they had kept the same formula going maybe with Hank or George Evans, say they did get blown out by Colorado, that would have been four in a row, and it would have just, maybe that, that tailspin that I was always talking about, they might have, you know, started heading down that. I think that maybe either it was J.D. or Gordon decided, let's bring Shesty up. This is our, this is our, uh, uh, this is our uh, magic potion here. We can kind of do something, because let's bring Shesty up, and if they do get blown out, and if he does have a weak game, we can say, hey, look, we started the kid. You know, and this isn't a conspiracy. I just think this might be a genuine teams do this. If they look at their assets and say, look, we're trending towards really going off the cliff here. Um, if we have any way to kind of mix things up, whether it's, you know, trading a guy, bringing a guy up from the farm team or or doing something drastic, this is what you do. Now, it all worked out in terms of that night. But I'm sure Georgiev sitting upstairs in the bleachers didn't, you know, that didn't make him feel good at all. It put the team uh, on notice too, because they were making that kind of a change too. They knew that they all had to come out and play better in front of the young kid too. It got the fan base jacked up because we were all screaming bloody murder after those three losses and stuff. We get pumped all brand new about your stork and coming in and playing that net that night. And now, like I said, you get the magic moment with Hank backing him up and all that stuff. It works out that night. But I think that maybe they brought Shesty up to kind of shake just the whole dynamic, everything, and to see how these guys would react and see if this would work out for the Rangers in a positive way as far as Georgiev uh, and Hank and going forward. Now, like I said, they can send this kid down. We still have Hank and Georgie, and then we can still kind of figure out what's going on. In the meantime, what we were just talking about, Quinn's been keeping his lines together, and the defense has been kind of, you know, having its way a little bit. They're finding they're playing a little better and so on and so forth. So it kind of all lined up now against the Islanders uh, on Monday night. But that's my thought. I think that's the craziness of the goaltender situation. It's the only thing that really kind of makes sense to me. And as far as I'm concerned, it was the right move to do now looking at it uh, the way it's turned out because you did get uh, two looks, you know, a couple looks at Chesty. 
uh, which was great, you know, coming back and beating the Devils and everything else. And now everything, the organization can kind of sit back. They, everybody kind of feels good. Even after Saint, the St. Louis loss, then you get to put Georgia back in there. You beat your hometown rivals. You put up the points. Every kind of, everything's looking good. And I think the, the psyche of the team, the morale of the team, um, they stopped the bleeding. They didn't go into a four-game losing streak. Um, they did beat Colorado. They did beat the, it turned everything just turned on just Jorkin coming up, man. See how good I'm getting at his name, KD. It all turned around <laughs> once they brought him up. Granted, like I said, the team played great. Maybe they beat a tired team, but that's still Colorado's one of the best teams in the league, uh, and they kicked the crap out of them. National TV, they did great stuff. So now the Rangers have their options, and they got to see Georgie have come back. And now the thing is, is all of us as fans and as management, what's the mix you want to go with, KD? Are we trading Georgiev? Or are we going to try and let Hank go? Do we keep Shesty and Georgiev? Is that the future? As much as I love Hank, my feelings right now, and I'll turn this back over to you, is I, now I don't know if we're going to get better prospects for Hank. We're probably going to get him better for Georgiev. I think you know, you know that as a smart hockey guy too. But if it was me, as much as I love the guy, I think Hank's the guy to go. Um, but I don't know what kind of value we can get back because I, I, as much as Chesty is a couple of games and looking good and everything, Georgiev is just as good too. I think they're both phenomenal goaltenders, and I don't think we can go wrong with that one-two punch. And I think even down the road, if one steps ahead of the other, uh, you know whether you're going to ch- trade Je- uh, Georgiev or Chesty, you still it's a bonus for the team. But right now, if Hank sits back and says, "Hey, look, you know, I want to go try and play for a winner." Maybe. But see, this team right now, too, KD, could, could get into the playoffs and could cause trouble. They have the talent. What do you think, buddy? Um, I, I think your theory is fair, like that the Rangers brought Shishorkin up to shake things up. And, I, and I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. My, my problem is after he, you know, shook the team up, he hasn't played. Like, he's not going to play for 10 days. That's that. That's where my problem is. That's why you want to bring him up, shake the team up, have him here, send them back down. If you're not going to play him, send them back down. They probably will tomorrow. Who knows? You think tomorrow? <laughs> well, I mean, they, we, but they probably I, will. I they'll probably send him back down after the the third island of the game because then they have the bye week. So I, there's no way they're going to let him hang out for another like week of doing nothing. So, I think. So what's so bad about that then? So then he no, does get to hang I, around. I and, just. Again, it, it's I, I even say in my head that it's irrational that I'm getting like this fired <laughs> up about it. Like I get it, but I, I just don't see it. That, like, then what was the use of even bringing him up? Like, I just told right, you, he, I just explained everything to you. Yeah, but they haven't sent him back <laughs> down. Like he's shaking up the team by sitting in the press box eating hot dogs. Like that's fine. Send him back down. Like <laughs> you should have sent him down after the Devils game if they didn't plan on playing him afterward. And now Lunko is like, when is he getting back in? Like next month, like, and and I don't really, to be honest, it, it doesn't really matter to me because I agree with what you're saying regarding Lunkers, whether he gets in the rest of the year or not, because it, it's really just not about him. And I think, yes, the right move would, if the Rangers had their druthers, would would probably be to 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 move Lunkers, but I don't think he's he's gonna you know move or to waive his no movement clause. But the the rumor mill is churning, my friend, with. Uh, Lundqvist, I saw something out there where, and and I mentioned this connection a bunch this year. Uh, Lundqvist potentially going to Colorado mm-hmm. um, as a team who apparently has the cap space and has the assets to get him. Um, so that that's an interesting cl- a spot. 
to see if he could win a cup uh, in Colorado the way Ray Bork did, which would be interesting. Um, and then obviously uh, Georgiev is uh, connected to Toronto, um, where you know you saw some some rumors running around. I think it was Dreger or you know whoever who's saying that uh, you know the Rangers are going to want a, a bigger package for for Georgiev than a you know a, a, a good prospect. It looks like they're going to want a lot more than that. They they realize his value and 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 sort of you know, how good of a goaltender he could potentially be. So, you know, everybody's is, you know, looking that, uh, yeah, the Rangers are going to trade Georgia, have no problem. But I tell you what, they're not going to give him away. You know, they, they see how no. good of a, of a goalie he is. So, um, you know, this could turn into, you know, a longer term problem. Everyone just assumes he's going to be gone. But if the right deal doesn't come along, well, then what? <laughs> you know, do we keep going with the three goalie rotation at the end of the year? Um, does Shestorkin <laughs> go back down to Hartford? Like, wh- what's the plan then if if a deal doesn't sort of materialize? But why? Do, um, but here's the other thing too, KD. Why do they have to do anything at all? Why not just send, you know, Shesty back down and let him finish out? If if the Rangers, you know, put up the wins, stay in the mix. What's wrong with Shestorkin just playing out the rest of the year in the AHL and then? Uh, I. I have no problem with that. Everyone who's yelling at me at Twitter is telling me the reason he's been. I'm not yelling up, at you, Kevin. I'm talking very nicely to you, <laughs> Paulie. I'm getting angry. Let me get angry. Everyone yelling at me on Twitter is telling me the reason he's up is because his agent is threatening him going back to Russia. So <laughs> sending him back to the AHL maybe isn't an option. So you know that's what everyone's telling me. Um, so, you know, that may not even be something plausible to do if, if that is the case, which who knows it could be, I mean, you know, that, that could definitely be why they brought him up, but you know, or it could be your crazy theory that you're trying to panhandle over here. Um, it's a good one. It's working so far. (laughs) I like it. I tell you what, Katie, real quick. I like what you're saying about the Colorado. Because the path to the Stanley Cup Finals, if Hank was to join that squad, is pretty good. Because outside of St. Louis, you know, and, and Winnipeg a little bit, the Western Conference is is kind of up for grabs. Obviously, St. Louis pretty, playing pretty good. Dallas is up there. Uh, Colorado's up there. Winnipeg. Nashville struggling. Chicago's not a factor. Minnesota, Arizona, Edmonton, and Calgary. They're not as strong as they used to be, or, you know, who knows where they're going to be towards the end of the year. But Colorado's a really, really strong team. And Grubauer's a good goaltender. Hank would solidify that. I'm sure Colorado's obviously a very young team. They've got a lot of deep prospects. They may be able to give up something good to get him back, uh, even if this was ahead of the trading deadline. As If this gets closer to the tra- trading deadline, again, I think you're – I think – Colorado is a good fit for Hank because I think that's the best path for him to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Because mm-hmm. if it's Toronto, that team, you know, a lot of firepower and everything else, I, I don't know as far as the rest of the, you know, the uh, the Eastern Conference is just so much tougher, man. I mean, and now Sydney's back. So Pittsburgh's in there. You know, Boston's uh, playing great. Tampa's going to be tough. Washington uh, it's going to be a, a much gruel, uh, a lot grueler uh, of a of a path, as far as I'm concerned, to get to the Stanley Cup Finals from the uh, Eastern Conference. So I like what you're talking there. But hey, look, man. Um, like I said, what's wrong with just riding it out? I mean, this is again <laughs> our theme through the years uh, this year. Um, good problems to have. So 
it's 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 like we got to sit back and you know they were even asking Quinn after the uh, the com- press conference after the game the other day. You know, who do you go with next? What's that like to be sitting there going, hmm, Shasty, George Ever Hank, three just phenomenal caliber goaltenders. And actually, I feel bad for Quinn in all this because I think this is coming down from up top. You know, getting Chess York in 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 the you know on the NHL roster and recalling but him. That's I, their I think job, that, KD. That's no, their I, job. I get it. No, I'm just saying. I I think it it's yeah. Again, I think it's a mess going this way. Not everybody does. Again, a lot of people have 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 expressed their feelings uh, towards my uh, disdain <laughs> of this of this rotation. But um, yeah, I the, actually the one the one crazy theory that I I do I do uh, enjoy that somebody told me is that they're doing this to to piss Lundqvist off so he will waive his no movement clause. So. Come on. No, you can't. You <laughs> that, I'll buy Hank into. Angry is, yeah, I would buy into that. There you go. <laughs> Come on. Hank only gets angry at losses. That's it. You can't I, you know Hank off. No, there, there is no uh, – Paulie, he's angry about this. There's no way he can be happy. He has pride. I mean, everybody does, you know. Yeah, so, you know, for him to be now sitting on the bench and watching all these games and being passed up for – for you know, twenty-four year old, you know, phenoms and and uh, you know, Georgiev is now sort of taking over a bit. You know, this guy he may not say if they don't give him. Obviously, he's not playing tomorrow. If they don't give him one of the the games against Columbus or, or the Islands before they go on sort of their bye week, he he won't have played for like three weeks. That's insane. So you know, you don't think he's going to get a little angry or you know after that? Yeah, you know, maybe he will start thinking about you know waving that that but, uh, but no move. All right, so what's the what's the point then of Hank being on this team then? If he's if he's being on this team to be part of this rebuild and to see it grow and everything, you know this this whole situation in the Nets is part of it. And if the kids are playing better than him and he and he wants to be on a winning team or whatever, then this is what it's got to be. I mean, he's he's gotten close to the dance, you know. He's he's been there. Uh, he signed on for this. He decided to stay around. He doesn't want to get traded. So I think Frank, Hank, as a professional, is is probably handling this better than than any of us can imagine. He knows what's going on. He's not stupid. He sees what's happening. And if the team is winning, uh, that's all that matters for him. Because even if they keep going back and forth now with the with the pool of just let's just say the dynamic duo of the two of them, him, him and Georgie Boy, uh, that's fine. Look, they're six points out of a wild card spot if they can ship away i mean this is the thing more than forget everything else they've got to win kd they've got to put up four or five six wins that's the only this is the only thing that's really going to catapult this team into uh into helping and improving all the other questions about this team and we'll get into it now too in terms of who you're going to trade what's going on with Kreider, strom you're talking crazy talk about trading fast i don't know what's going on in your head but listen to me man (laughs) This is what this team has to do. They've got to go beat the Islanders again tomorrow night. Beat them in their building, all right? And then, you know, go in and, and give Columbus a run to win that game with some heart and soul, and then come back and beat the Islanders again. That's how they should go into the break. And then all this other stuff will kind of work itself out. Because that's the big thing. Because if they keep losing back and forth, and it's the same old recipe that we're seeing, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, yeah, we're going to go crazy before the end of the year. And then and then management can't really make that decision. And Hank's a part of that. Show uh, up when you get your starting job. Show the hell up. And, and it's not that he's got to prove anything to us, but prove to the organization and the coaching staff that you need to start ahead of Georgia and Shesty. Uh, I'll end on this. I think that the Rangers, with this 
rotation makes it that much more difficult for that to happen, to win five, six, seven in a row when you're playing a goalie like every 10 days. I think it is hard. Again, Georgiev was able to do it, you know, on Monday. And, and again, kudos to him. But that's not easy. It's not easy to come back from, from that long of a layoff. And sure, you could put in all the hard work in between and, and get the extra reps in practice. But again, I said it earlier, nothing is a substitute for, for game action. So again, it just makes it that much more difficult for you know Lundqvist when he finally gets in there. Or Shestjorkin, and again, he's a young goaltender, you know, learning the NHL for the first time. So you know, you're making it that much more difficult for him now. That he's going to have ten days in between starts, and uh, look, I, I hope look, I, I'm rooting for it to work out. It's not like I, I'm I'm hoping it doesn't work, so I could be right. You, you know? know what I would I, do, KD? And I'll ask you what you would do. You know what I would do? I would start Georgiev. Do you think he played really well on Monday night? Do you I think thought he, he was fantastic. He was fantastic, fantastic, right? So he's a solid. He's a solid, phenomenal backstopper. There's no doubt about it. He he went through his rough spot there. They rested him. He came <clears> back and he stood on his head the other night. He played fantastic. I would, this is me, if I'm Quinn, I ride him the next three games. Let him play the next three games. I don't care about Hank not getting any game action, and I really don't care about Chesty getting any game action right now, too, because we're not in April and May, and we don't need to make a playoff spot right now. What we need to do is just break this whole thing open and see if the team, like I said, the defense is playing better, the lines are consistent, so throw one goalie back there for three games and let it be Georgie because he proved it himself. he proved himself to me the other night having the layoff and coming back. Hank had a couple of days off. He had his chance in St. Louis. It didn't work out. Shesty did his job. He came up. He won two great games for us. That's okay. And he's not going anywhere, man. And he's, you know, so we don't have to worry about Shostorkin. But right now, this whole pivotal time right now, as far as I'm concerned, go out and go for the points. Put Georgie in there. That's what I would do if I was Quinn. Let him play these next, you know, three games. And then on the other side of that, we'll deal with all that other crap going into the bye week, like you said. Yeah, I, I I'm fine with with riding your give all the way to the trade deadline, but you got to send Sistorkin back to AHL. That's it. Good. So let's put in the letter together right now. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, everybody, you listen to Go Rangers Radio on the Go Hockey Media Network. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, look, we got to We got to thank uh, Brendan and Joe for coming on last week. Our first guests from uh, We Bleed Blue. NYC. Uh, those guys are fantastic hanging out with me and Kevin. Tomorrow night, if you're going to the Coliseum, they'll be tailgating at the Coliseum. The Coliseum Invasion. Uh, KD, man, that was just a, a lot of fun uh, catching up with those guys last week. Yeah, it was good to have other people in here so I didn't have to talk to you the whole time. Oh! So, you know, that was... <laughs> oh! oh, it hoits me right here, KD. When you there say you go. Like uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. Um, yeah, I love those guys. They're, they're good people. They're, they're great Ranger fans. Uh, you know, just putting, uh, you know, that whole company together and, uh, you know, uh, behind their love of the blue shirts and them being best friends. I, I just love that part of the story. And, um, yeah, it was great to have them in. Yeah, it was a blast. We might see some custom Go Rangers radio, uh, swag with those guys, uh, talking a little bit on the side. So we'll see what happens down the road. But once again, everybody, thanks so much for, uh, you know, hanging with us so far. Uh, me and KD can't thank you guys enough. Back in the U.S. charts, tops. We hit number 11 last week. So a uh, uh, big episode last week for us, last couple episodes. So real, really just wanted to quickly just say thank you to everybody. Anybody listen live and, and on all the uh, archives, we really appreciate it. We're having a ton of fun here. And uh, we'll swing back here, another guest or two coming up down the road. Uh, so, KD, let's swing into the offensive side. I know you want to talk about uh, Kreider. Um, and Fast and, and even Kako as well, too. 
um, since we just pretty much covered the the goalting and the defense a little bit. So, wh- where do you where do you fit now, or what's what's the big picture you're seeing? Like I said, we're talking about the lines, uh, the the scoring's being spread out here a little bit. Um, you know, where do you want to start? You want to talk about Carter? He's been playing really good, man. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I think seeing how it's funny. You know, I've been saying all year, you know, you got to trade Kreider, you know, because of he's he is he's going to command a, a seven year contract. You saw Backstrom had that uh, has that what they gave him a five year contract. He's 32. And I know he's a center and and, uh, you know, a different player. But, you know, you have a 32 year old getting a five year contract. You know, you, you have to know that Kreider is going to be looking for a seven year deal, especially again. We, we've discussed it with he's getting a seven year deal last year. I'm sure he's going to look the same. And. And, you know, long term, that, that those things always turn into a disaster the last two or three years. So I, I, I am concerned about it. But, you know, you, you see how well he's playing. And as a fan, you're like, maybe we should keep this guy around. You see the, <laughs> you see the consistency with the lines. You know, yeah. he's working well with, uh, you know, Zabinijan. And you're like, oh, my goodness, maybe we got to keep <laughs> we, we got to keep him around now. And so, you know, it, it you know, it racks your brain a little bit. I mean, because you do look. There, there's a salary cap in this league, and and you, and one when you start making sort of emotional decisions about a player, I think that's when you start getting yourself in trouble. I think you know JD and Gordon have to have to maintain that sort of business uh, attitude here, and not you know get a, get emotional about you know keeping Kreider on. So you know I, I think if they could somehow, some way, talk him into you know a five year deal, I, I'm in. Keep him around a hundred percent, but. You know, and and apparently they they've been talking to to Kreider's people, and so I mean I don't know what what's been what's come out of it, and but you know the rumors now are that the Rangers would be willing to eat fifty percent, you know, of Kreider's salary. I, you know, just even with that rumor being out there, obviously shows you that they, they're at least thinking about trading him. So it's definitely something that's that's you know uh, in their mindset, you know, going forward to the trade deadline and. With the way he's been playing lately, he's been one of the best players on the team besides, obviously, Panarin. Um, and and I, his value is sort of skyrocketing here. So, you know, they should absolutely 100% listen. You know, if you can get a first-round pick and a top prospect, I mean, man, that, that's tough, tough, tough to turn down. But, you know, at some point in this rebuild, you have to stop rebuilding. <laughs> you know, you can't just start you know, trade everybody when they turn, you know, 27 or 28 or 29. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at some point you are going to need a little bit of a, you know, veteran leadership. And, and Kreider will be very good for the next couple of years. So I, I think that the organization needs to look at sort of what their plan is. You know, when are they really thinking about um, when do they think this team will be at the point of where they are contending for a cup? And if they do think it's within the next you know, couple of years and then Kreider will still be in the middle of that contract. Well, maybe it is worth keeping him around and, you know, you, you deal with those final two years when you get to it. And, and, and that's just a terrible way to look at things because those final two years always bites you in the butt. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm racking my brain with Kreider now. The fan in me is like, Oh man, I'm loving what I'm seeing from this guy. But I feel like you see that a lot from, from Kreider just when you think he's turning into that sort of elite power forward, you know, it, it, he it just never sort of kicks into gear for him fully where he takes that sort of next step to that sort of elite status. So, um, you know, uh, I don't want to sort of be fooled. I don't know if there's sort of fool's gold here, 
uh, with him right now ahead of the deadline. So I don't envy, you know, Gordon and, and JD going forward. Well, Kevin, let me ask you this. What is your, what is your memory of Kreider in the playoffs? His play in the playoffs when it really matters. What what do you think back of over the years uh, of his impact on the team in the playoff series in the past? Yeah, I mean he's obviously had some big goals over the years. Whether it was his first year when he came in and 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 he really tore things up against the Devils and he had some big goals in, against them and um, you know he had some other big goals against Boston. I remember and 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 you know. He's he's a guy you like to have in the playoff. He has a a playoff uh, type game to him, you know. He's tough and he's a big guy. And when when it when he you know he gets in the trenches and the defense tightens up, you know, he's the type of guy who's 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 going to show up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I get it. Um, but you know, is he going to be past that point? you know, uh, in his professional career where he's sort of on the, on the decline when the Rangers need him to be that player, will he still be that player when the Rangers need him to be in two to three years? I mean, that's the question. I mean, are the Rangers willing to gamble on that? You know, yes, he's been a good playoff performer over his career and, and that's great, but will he be that, that player at that point, you know, in two to three years? That's the question. Okay, now here's the reason I asked that question, and maybe you can <laughs> no listen to me because uh, and maybe you set you take... me up. I think you said no, me up. no. It's all good, buddy. Because <laughs> and, and anybody listening to the podcast, I'm asking everybody the same question too. Because when it comes to guys like maybe Strom here, uh, obviously Kreider, and as far as you know, maybe are just uh, you know fast here as well too. Maybe somebody should take some time here and start because I don't know what it is, but. I don't know who else in the rest of the league, you know, as far as other teams, where the free agencies, uh, where the free agent players are lining up here in the next year or two or whatever. So I look at it this way because you said the thing. Someday the rebuild has to stop, right? So I look at it this way. Is Kreider a guy? Is Strom a guy? Is Foster a guy? Is Buchnevis a guy that is going to be um, a guy that's going to carry a game or two in a, in a tough playoff series and be there in, in three or four rounds, Okay. Are these guys uh, potentially expendable now in the short term with the prospect of freeing up either cap space or room if J.D. and Gorton are looking at, you know, get, this guy's going to be up for free agency here in, in a year or two. So if we time this right, maybe we can bring him in like they brought in Panarin. Because I think down the road, I mean, you, you see the monster that Panarin is. Um, we got true, but he's the stud back there too. We've got our goaltend, and we've got a couple of shining spots uh, on the team as well as far as the young guys, that, you know, our guys, uh, our defensive core here, and Keandre Miller that's still going to come down the pipe and everything else, and the goaltending situation will work it out. But eventually, the goal scoring's got to be um, who can carry the load in the playoff series. So if it's Mika and Panarin, you know, if those are the guys that are going to do it, they're going to need more help. Because guys like Kreider and Strong can be taken off their game during a series. There's no doubt about it. So I look at it in this way. If you think about the long-term picture here and, and where the Rangers can shorten the rebuild process, because this goaltending situation is fine. It's going to work out. Our defense, like I said, it's a learned thing. They'll be fine. And I also said that your offense is interchangeable. You can move guys out and bring guys in, and it's all about putting the puck in the net and then following a system you know, whatever Quinn is putting in. The system that he played against the Islanders the other night was pretty damn good. 
So if there's a potential for down the road where there's a couple of guys on some other teams out there right now that we don't know about, and maybe we just kind of kind of kind of look it up on the computer and say, hey, this guy's going to be a free agent, this guy's going to be a free agent. You know, a guy like, you know, I, I think he's got long-term deals. But like I say, you, like a Johnny Gaudreau out in Calgary or something like that, where you look at guys that are just superstar players that could come here uh, and, and, and play, you know, for the Rangers like Panarin's come in, I think that's something that this, we all have to kind of think about too, that, you know, J.D. and Gordon are not done here. They've got a core of talent. There's no doubt about it. It's young, but they're going to need some really some more superstar power to come in here. It's the same way you can look at the Islanders too. They're a good team, but I don't think they have enough superstar power that's going to take them, you know, to the Stanley Cup Finals and so on and so forth. So we'll see what happens. But that's my take on how they should start looking at these guys offensively for the Rangers in terms of are they going to be there for you in you know uh, you know three or four rounds of, of playoff series to get you to. You know, the promised land. Now, like I said, Kreider's been there on the team and a couple of these guys, like I said, in the past. But can they do that now? And, and that's how I look at it. So if you can get these guys out now with the potential to freeze things up for some big guns coming down the road, I think maybe that's another way to look at it. Yeah, and, and if they do end up trading Kreider, I mean, that's a huge void. Like, you're going to notice that he's not in the lineup, like, immediately. And I, I over the next, like, for the rest of the year, you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, he's a huge piece, like, right now. Like, if you take him out of that top six, you take him off um, Zabinijad's wing, and, uh, you know, I don't know who you put up there, maybe Kako, um, who's just not, he's not Kreider. You know, he's not going to put in those sort of tough minutes, you know, in front of the net, you know, battling defensemen. It's going to be noticeable. And, and you may have some regret immediately afterward. I mean, or even for the next, like, year or so. You know, unless, like you said, unless they have their eye on somebody, they they feel like they could bring in maybe who's younger or you know maybe a little bit more talented than Kreider. I again, I don't. I'm with you. I don't know who who could potentially be available, but you know, it, it it'll be hard. I mean, it'll be a very unpopular decision, and and for you know a year or two, unless they're able to find somebody to to fill that void, because if they do get rid of Kreider and the plan is let's bring up Kratzoff afterward. I mean, he's just not even in the same realm of a player. Um, and, and there'll be, again, some people who, who really be criticizing, you know, the front office for it. But um, if they do have that plan in place, though, and they, they do have their eye on a couple of players who are going to be going into free agency, you know, coming up, then, you know, then maybe it's worth it if maybe they're a little bit younger. And when the team is ready to go into the, you know, two, three, uh, you know, four you know, rounds in, in the playoffs to get to the Stanley Cup, you know, where, where they're making more of an impact than Kreider would in, in two to three, four years. So um, it's, look, the, the, we've said it a couple of times. These, these next couple of weeks and, and this trading deadline, it, you know, it could potentially make or break what, what's ultimately going to happen with, with the rebuild. It, you know, if they decide to hang on to Kreider, if they trade him, it, same with Strom and 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 like you, you mentioned, uh, Buchnevich is somebody I'm I'm sure they're thinking about. You know, Brady Shea is he part of the future? And you know, and and you know, we were texting about uh, about Jesper Fast. I mean, he seems like and, and I would never want to trade him. And and I I brought He's him playing up great, because, man. Yeah, I, and I brought him up not because I want to trade him. I brought him up because he seems like a player that every team who goes on to win the Stanley Cup has on their team. Um, so I, I can't imagine there won't be a number of teams, you know, calling over to Gordon and seeing, Hey, is this guy available? And you know what, you know, the Rangers really aren't going anywhere. So if they could, you know, 
get someone to overpay for Fast. I mean, they could re-sign him in the offseason. I mean, he's an un- unrestricted free agent. I mean, there's nothing that says that they can't bring him back um, over the summer. So, I mean, you know, he is a rental, so maybe you won't get too much for him. But like you said, he's been he's been great. He's been he's, you know, done his typical defensive um He's been great defensively, as he always is. And now he's added some offense to his game. So I, I think a lot of teams will be sort of tripping all over themselves to add a guy like that to the back end of their lineup going into the playoffs. So, um, if look, if they can get something for him, I, I, I'd hate to see him go. And I'm not advocating, you know, for him to go. But, you know, you still have the ability to, to re-sign him in the offseason. Um, if you can get some some additional pieces, again, I don't really see us going anywhere this year. So, you know, it may make sense to, to move him. See, I, I disagree. I, I think the Rangers, <laughs> they want to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, Quinn has said as much, but I, I think this team wants to win as much as they possibly can this year. And, you know, again, they show signs. I mean, the talent on this team, like I said, the inconsistency drives us crazy. And, again, They've got to put five, six, seven wins up. They've got to do it. Any of the best teams that are out there right now, up in the top of the league, they've got to show that they can kind of, you know, run it. It doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily need that at the beginning of the year. It's not really a big deal. Teams can burn out. The Islanders might be one of those teams. Um, but if you look at the top of the league right now, if the Rangers can kind of stay in the mix and they can just stay around this wild card thing, now they've got to beat. They've got to beat Columbus. They've got to beat the Islanders. They've got to show this. You know, they've got two games of cunts against Detroit coming up. And I don't know what language I'm speaking, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize about that, but I, I did have dental surgery this morning. Um, you know, they've got two games against Detroit. Now Detroit is. Everybody's crushing Detroit, so they've got to get those four points from that team. They're better than those guys. They have no, but I think the Rangers, they want to win, and I yeah. think it'll if it if this team gels and is continues to progress. Because if you look at the rest of the league, can if you look at the Eastern Conference and the Metro and everything else, it's just as up for grabs as anybody else. You can you can make up eight to nine points. Uh, in the next span here. And we talked about this too, how this month and next month was going to be huge. And that's really going to determine everything, KD. Uh, We haven't seen it yet. We don't know. This is all, can this team do it? Do we think they can? Absolutely. Should Quinn ride Georgie for the next four games? Absolutely. Are the Lions playing good? Great. And everything else. But this is the thing. We're, We're finally at that point now where Quinn can actually push the lever and go forward with the ship that he's got kind of, you know, coming out of that game against the Islanders. And I think all of us could sit back and say, hey, fine. If they lose with that same lineup for the next four games and the same goaltender, then okay. But I, I would pat him on the back saying, at least you freaking went and did it so we could finally find out if they can they can get the points uh, going in one direction. My, my concern with, with doing that is this. I, I, I think the Rangers actually going on a run and, and, and making some, some noise in the playoffs is, is uh, a pipe dream. <laughs> but it's wishful thinking, you know, and I'd hate to see the Rangers end up like the Islanders did with the Tavares situation. I don't, if they're not willing to pay up, you know, for Kreider and give him the seven years he's likely looking for. I mean, are you ready to lose him for nothing in the off season in the middle of a rebuild when you could have added not, Quite is not a Tavares. You're not comparing the players, right? No, You're just no, comparing no. The, I'm, I'm comparing the, situ- the situation. Gotcha. Okay. I'm comparing the situation where the Rangers are in. Obviously, they are still in a rebuild at this point. 
are you willing to just let an asset that you have right now go at the end of the year? If you're saying to yourself, well, we're not going to sign this guy for seven years, you're essentially saying we're going to keep him around and let's see if we can make a run. But then we're going to lose him at the end of the year. I, I, I think that that's absolutely a, a terrible way to, to go about it. I, I think you're just giving up an asset for nothing in the middle of a rebuild when you could bring in additional picks, um, a, a big time prospect or whatever it is that Kreider can command. Um, I, I think that'd be negligent um, on the part of, of Gordon and, and JD to, to stick with Kreider because they have, you know, they're hoping that they'll, they'll make a run. I just don't think it's worth it, you know, at this point, and it's still in the beginning of a rebuild to take that chance to to potentially lose Kreider for nothing. And no, I don't mean he's like a Tavares, but, you know, you're going to get something good for him at the deadline if, if you'd be looking to trade him. Um, unless, again, unless you've talked to the agent and, and they w- either are willing to give him seven years or Kreider is willing to sign for five years, um, you know, there's no way I think they should in, in any way risk losing him for nothing when they're still in the middle of a rebuild. There's no way. Yeah, no, I hear you. Look, it's 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 valid points on all sides of it. And I think it's, like I said, it's an interesting kind of, um, you know, situation to look at. Again, good problem to have. We've got a good player on the team. If we do end up, uh, you know, really, you know, getting rid of him or getting something back, we, we will get something back for him. It'll work out one way or the other. And if it works out to the point where he, he plays himself on to stay on this team, he's, he's a huge part of uh, – the future and going forward, and they can work out all the money aspects of it. It's great too. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We're not there yet, but yeah, I, I'm look. I'm just sticking with this thing, man. Win, win five or six in a row. And yeah, getting, and, and no, I was gonna say, and, and there's look, there's positives to, to going that route too. I, I think that getting the young guys in a playoff race and potentially in the playoff has a lot of positives to it and helps with the rebuild as well. I mean, getting those guys that kind of experience will will uh, will do nothing but help this team going forward. But I just think, you know, from an asset standpoint, it just to me doesn't make much sense. Yep, and we just got to hang out and wait and see. All right, KD, we're winding down here. A couple of things. Uh, I, I just want to throw something at you too, and then if you got something you want to uh, close out with, let me know. But uh, speaking of Quinn, um, you know how how things have been going on. Obviously, the up and down and the fun we've had here, and you know, going back and forth whether you should get fired and all that other stuff, but. You know, with uh, Gerard Gallant getting fired in Vegas today, which to me was just unbelievable. I mean, it's crazy town what's going on in Vegas. But if you look at some of the guys who've been fired, Laviolette gets fired the other day. Babcock's been fired. Uh, Hines gets fired from the Devils. He just gets rehired to take the place of uh, Laviolette in uh, Nashville. Uh, DeBoer got fired from San Jose. Now he's taking Gallant's job. Do you remember the series last year between Gallant and uh, and DeBoer? I mean, that was just vicious. Uh, Pavelski got hit and all that other stuff. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that now he's coaching that team is just crazy, Tal. Like I said, it's crazy. Uh, Montgomery obviously got fired in, in Dallas because of uh, you know the personal stuff. Bill Peters gone in Calgary. Um, I think that's it uh, as far as coaches. But those are some pretty big-name coaches. Some some established coaches, some obviously some big franchises there that are that've got their own stuff that they've got to do as well. Um, so when you look at the Rangers, as we just kind of focus on that, when you see the rest of the league here, and you know a lot of these GMs are just they're 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 not waiting around and and they're you know bringing the axe down to these guys. Um, it's 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 pretty surprising for me to see. I know it's part of the game, part of the league, but talking about our guy. And second year and seeing, like I said, the positive aspects coming through here and there throughout, it kind of puts things into perspective 
um, as far as the job Quinn's doing up against some of the best coaches in the league who are losing their jobs. Yeah, I mean, obviously Quinn is in a different situation than than those guys are. I mean, I, I think that the Rangers organization is, is being patient with the rebuild, and that means being patient with Quinn as well. So even though there's been a lot of ups and downs with this season, I, I, I think the front office expected it. So, you know, I, I don't see that Quinn is in, in any kind of trouble, um, at least right now. Now, if this was this time, you know, next year and the, the team is still sort of floundering, and, and those big-name coaches were out there, I would say that Quinn would need to be worried um, because I, I, I could absolutely see, um, you know, J.D. and Gordon talking and, and seeing uh, Gallant out there and, and, and the Rangers sort of rebuild not going where, where it needs to be. And, and it's time to win at this point. We need to bring in an, uh, an established coach who has won. Um, so, so I think he'd be more uh, apt to make a change at, at that point next year. But Quinn is safe. He's safe at least, like I said, for another year or so uh, because uh, the, team, the organization is, is willing to be patient with him and, and with this rebuild. And, and they're giving him the leash to either run with it or hang himself with. So um, <laughs> I, I, I think he's fine as of right now. And we'll see where he's at at this point next year. Keep the lines together. Ride Georgie in the next four games. Keep the defense. Master Ruff behind the defensive benches. He's, he's working his Jedi magic. The guys are turning things around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, look. That, all, all we asked for from the beginning of the year when we started this podcast was, was for everything to progress. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to see that. Like you said, we're seeing constant line forward lines now. You're seeing the defense starting to uh, progress a little bit. Uh, that you're now seeing Shostorkin is up. As much as I hate the three-goalie rotation, I'm excited that he is now um, in the NHL. So this rebuild is progressing, and, and it's if any Ranger fan isn't excited about what is happening here, you're out of your mind. It, it's it's progressing the way we'd all wanted, and, and it, we all hoped it would when they wrote that letter. And uh, I'm excited for things. I'm excited for Quinn to be behind the bench. And uh, I'm excited to see where this thing goes. And I'm excited for this team to win a Stanley Cup in two to three years. <laughs> Excellent. And you haven't had to go on a Mark Stahl rant in quite a long time. That's <laughs> he's also <actually> positive. <laughs> I tell you what, he's been good. I yeah. think he's been a, a stabilizing force since. It's really been, you know, and I hate to sort of pile on the kid, but it's sort of been since Hayek went down um, <laughs> that I felt like the, the defense is sort of, you know, gotten a little bit better. And, and it's really, you know, Stahl was obviously a healthy scratch and he deserved it. But since he's sort of been back in and been given regular time there, and he sort of found a, a good little spot, um, you know, with D'Angelo. And he was good with D'Angelo last year, too. Um, I, I think he's been much, much better. I, I like him on there. Look, they took him out of the lineup the other day when he was injured. They put Hayek in. It was a disaster. So, you know, he's been a sort of a I can't I can't believe I'm saying this. He's been sort of a, <laughs> a, a stabilizing a little bit of a stabilizing presence in there. And uh, it's obviously led to Hayek being sent. Uh, you're laughing. Yeah, People are I, pulling I, over in their cars right now, <laughs> crashing into walls. <laughs> Look, I have no problem saying, you know, pointing out when I'm wrong about things or when things change. And, and, and I'm not just going to hate on stall because I criticized them. You know, earlier in the year, he's been playing well. I mean, he hasn't been playing great or anything, but he's been playing well. Um, and, and because he's been playing so well, the Rangers 
were able to send Hayek down to Hartford, you know, to get sort of his feet onto him again after he was out with the injury. They sort of threw him, you know, to the Wolves the other day in the St. Louis game, and he looked terrible. Um, so let's get him down in Hartford, get him playing some big minutes down there, get his confidence up, and then get him back up here. So, yeah, Mark Stoll, he's got, uh, it's great. You know, he's and – I, and I always give the disclaimer every time I'm ready to just destroy him. You know, he <laughs> he's done so many great things for this organization, and, and he's had so many tough, you know, things happen to him over the years between the concussions and the vision thing and, you know, everything else that's gone on, so – um, you know, to, to see, still see him out there and contributing is, is, is great to see. Ah, that's special. That's a special moment there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, from Kevin DeLore on Mark Stahl. <laughs> oh, hope he keeps it up, buddy. Good stuff. So, look, Oh, yeah, because I'll, I'll go right back to killing uh, him if he starts. <laughs> oh, I know you will, buddy. <laughs> so, look, pal, um, you got a, a Rangers, Katie Rangers man crush of the week for us or what? Yeah, you know who my man crush of the week is? It's it's that uh, that the owner of that bar who put in the white claw machine. <laughs> yeah. That guy is my man crush of the week. That is some innovative thinking, man. Goodness, that guy. You, the, the Rangers should hire that guy to market. You know, for them, goodness, I, I'm I'm ready to hop on a plane to Kansas City to go to that bar right now, just just to play that thing. Just the image of you. Playing that thing all damn night. <laughs> Man, White Claws. Uh, the White Claw Claw Machine. Amazing. Unbelievable. That's great stuff. <laughs> I love it. All right, buddy. Islanders tomorrow night. CBJ on Sunday. More Islanders. And the Detroit hapless wings at the end of this month coming up. A lot of points on the board. Are you feeling good or what? Yeah, I do. I actually love I To be honest, I you know, it. I don't like that it's been so long since they played the Islanders, but now that we get like these, it's almost like a mini playoff series here. I mean, we're not getting them in the postseason. I might as well get like a regular season sort of, you know, postseason feel right here with three games in a row. By the third game, these guys are going to be killing each other out on the ice. I can't wait. Yeah, tomorrow night uh, is going to be a totally different game. It's going to be nasty, and uh, it'll be good to see how the boys respond. So good stuff, man. All right, let's go get them. Don't forget the guys from Weebly Blue are doing the Coliseum Invasion there tomorrow night. Uh, we won't be joining them tomorrow, but maybe down the road we'll hang with those guys and hang with all you guys, uh, hopefully down the road at tailgate somewhere, uh, on location somewhere. But anyway, on behalf of me and KD, thanks so much for listening tonight, and don't forget, archives everywhere. Keep listening, folks. We really appreciate it. KD, say goodnight to the folks. Goodnight, folks. Goodnight, everybody, and let's go, Rangers!